Welcome everybody again to Left at the Light, episode number three. Uh, I hope you guys got a chance to listen to uh, our first two episodes with Country Donuts and uh, Duke's Ale House and Kitchen. Um, they were great conversations, but I think I think uh, this next one you're going to love because the history of this business goes back to 1965. Uh, I'm talking about Plum Garden in McHenry. Uh, I got a chance to talk to Jason uh, and it was such a cool conversation. It was uh, our longest episode that we're going to have thus far. Uh, hopefully they get longer. Uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to him. Even after we stopped recording, we kept talking and kept going. Uh, so it was awesome. And I can't wait to uh, actually see Jason in person and get down to Plum Garden and, you know, t- tell him hello and uh, a thanks for doing the podcast in person when we can finally do that. So, um, again, this is another Zoom interview. Uh, I don't think it takes anything away from it because uh, we really had a good good time. The back and forth was pretty pretty good. And, um, you know, without getting too far into it, you know, just uh, all I'm going to say, and then I'm going to let the episode go, uh, share us, like us, subscribe, uh, check out our Facebook page, like the Facebook page, because then you're going to see when the episodes drop. Uh, I, I try to drop them on Monday, but sometimes I drop them Sunday night. So then on Monday, they're ready to go. And all I have to do is just send it out to you. But uh, that way, if you if you like the Facebook page, you'll hear about it. The, the day the time that it drops so uh if you're really wanting to grab it as soon as you can there you go um but again thanks for all the feedback thanks for the likes that i've gotten so far and uh the messages that i've gotten about hey i want to hear from this business or you know uh this store whatever it is appreciate it guys um so i'm going to shut up i'm going to let the episode go enjoy Uh, Jason, thanks for doing this. Thanks for taking the time out. I really appreciate it. Um, so, uh, first off, um, I really, I'm really interested in, I kind of, you know, obviously I did a little research on my end and checked out your guys' website and saw a little history that you had on there. Um, but if you could tell me about the history of Plum Garden, um, you know, where it started, how it got started and all that, that'd be great. Sure. And, uh, Matt, thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, Really excited to be here. Yeah, so basically Plum Garden started in 1965. And it was actually my grandmother, Connie, that uh, started our family restaurant. And I have to tell you, uh, to this day, I am still in awe of my grandmother and what she was able to accomplish um, at the time that she was able to accomplish it. So as the story goes, uh, my grandmother came over to the United States uh, after World War II from China. And I guess the game plan was that she was going to come over here, try and find opportunity, and then start bringing family members over to start a new life. And so she worked at a couple different jobs, uh, but one of the main ones that she worked at was uh, she worked in the restaurant industry for a relative. And my dad tells this this like story, fantastic. But apparently, on the weekends, on my grandmother's off day, she would take all of her kids. Uh, so it was like my dad, Perry, 
my uncles, my aunts, and they would get on the train and then they would just go to different towns uh, because they were located right outside the city and they would just kind of tr travel and, and explore. And, um, you know, to my dad at the time, it was just an adventure, some family time to do something fun. But looking back on it now, uh, I definitely think my grandmother was kind of just like looking and scouting and trying to see if there was an area that, that she could see herself living and putting down roots. And so um, she ended up one fateful day going to McHenry. And so her and all of her kids, my dad included, just walking off the train. And the train at the time wasn't very far from where Main Street is, where we're actually located right now. And she just walked down Main Street and saw this building kind of stopped. And apparently there was a sign in the window. And, you know, she went in and she talked to the owner of the building and the sign basically said for rent and I guess they came to an agreement that she could rent out that storefront and then there was an apartment upstairs that was available as well and so it it they literally moved that month to McHenry and that's how the Plum Garden started because my grandmother immediately right away had a game plan to open a restaurant you know, she had spent years saving and, and working in a restaurant, seeing it, how it all operated. And so that's what was her dream was to open up a, a family restaurant. And it just ended up being in McHenry. And, um, you know, to this day, my grandmother is basically kind of the inspiration behind our community involvement because she was I still remember being young and hearing about all of the events that she wanted Plum Garden to participate in and just being a good neighbor. So I really do feel like um, it's so cool to see almost like the American dream story play out, uh, especially with my, my grandmother, Connie, because I mean, at the time that Plum Garden opened in 1965, there were not a lot of uh, women business owners and let alone a minority woman business owner and so you know what she was able to accomplish uh speaking partial english it blows my mind um so that's kind of like how it started and at the time uh chinese restaurants were almost kind of like the breakfast diners that you see today they had a a, a wide diverse menu with i would say maybe 20 percent that were actual chinese dishes but a lot of it was more like uh, american fare and um, so it started off as a very, very small restaurant, a small kind of like takeout delivery place. Uh, I think Chop Suey was our number one seller at that time. And then, um, you know, in the 70s, my dad, Perry, ended up getting a lot more heavily involved in the restaurant. And he actually ended up taking over as the executive chef uh, in the 70s. And that's when the menu started to change a little bit, thanks to. Um, my dad's involvement where he was able to create our number one dish uh, that's still on our menu today. It was the Hong Kong chicken. Mm -hmm. And he also changed the egg roll recipe a little bit. And he also started to stir fry with like high end meats. We're talking like filet mignon, uh, lobster, and you know, a lot of other Chinese restaurants at that time had not ever done anything like that. And so um, I think that's, kind of when the Plum Garden changed from just being a takeout delivery place to being an actual full-scale restaurant because it was under in in that time frame that uh thanks to Perry my dad we were able to expand and actually open up a dining room 
thanks to the demand from the community. And so that was kind of like the basis of the Hong Kong chicken plum garden menu that you see today. And um, I would say that throughout the years, the, the goal has always just been to stay consistent to our recipes, but at the same time, kind of like adapt and see what's going on in, in the culinary world with our, with our menu. So um, if you flash forward to right now, I would say that 60% of our menu is, is basically the same menu that my dad Perry created in the 70s. And we've, we've tried to stay true as much as we can to each recipe. And so it's kind of cool to see that um, consistency throughout the generations, throughout the years. And then at the same time, you know, um, recently we have adapted to this new marketplace by offering delivery, which is something we, we had never really done before this year. And then also online ordering and just trying to be um, more accessible to our customers, but at the same time consistent to ourselves uh, with, with our menu. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the story of Plum Garden. That's, that's a really cool story. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I, I like how you highlighted it and it's something I didn't even really think about um, that it, you know, your grandmother um, being a female business owner at the time is just unheard of. And again, a, a minority business owner. And that's, that's probably, I, I would imagine, a ton of hurdles that she had to uh, jump and obstacles probably in her way. I mean, I, again, I don't know, but um, I can imagine that it was a difficult journey to open up that restaurant. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that that's where we get, my family gets our work ethic from my grandmother and our determination. And I think the reason why Plum Garden has been around since 1965 is because of that singular determination that uh, my grandmother Connie instilled in, in everyone in our family. And, you know, she had to go through a lot of hurdles. I can only imagine. And I hear stories about like, you know, little stories about her taking my cousin to buy her first car and negotiating a car deal without knowing really any English, just like writing numbers on a piece of paper. And, and it just shows you the type of person that she was to be able to, you know, not only um, start a business, but run a business every single day and then um, just do it while not, you know, not being able to communicate 100% uh, fluently. And, you know, she, she, she was always learning. That was another thing, too, is that she always continued her, uh, her education, you know, getting better at speaking English, learning more about uh, the community. And so, yeah, it, it is something. And, and you read about it or you'll see it in a movie, an inspirational story. Mm -hmm. and you know, as a kid, I never really understood the depth of it until I started to get older and, and really go through like, you know, challenges in my own life. And now that I'm a father myself, just being able to look back at that and see um, what a person was able to accomplish with literally just a singular mindset and determination, just getting up and working on it. And it didn't happen overnight. I mean, she spent her whole life crafting this this story and weaving this like a uh, tapestry and uh, you know we i know i speak for myself but also for everyone else in my family we feel incredibly lucky to be able to continue that legacy because i i mean for me i i didn't even want to um start off in in the restaurant industry i i had gone to school for a totally different career and it just kind of like organically happened 
where I, I think I was just feeling connected to kind of that family history that we all share together. So I'm, I mean, overall, it, it's a it's a pretty interesting and and um, inspirational story, and I feel lucky that I was able to for, like kind of witness it as a child. Now, one of the things I when I was on your website, I I, there was a little video that had your dad on there yeah. uh, kind of talking about the history. And one of the things he mentioned was that the uh, rent on the building was originally uh, $70 <laughs> plus, plus they got the apartment upstairs. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. It, it is. And you know, it's um, a customer, a longtime customer ended up uh, finding an old menu from I think 1970. 1973 wow. okay. and so she recently brought it in because she was clearing out some of uh, her mom's things and she brought it in and we were looking at it together and it was just so funny to see the price points of everything you know like an egg roll I think at that time was 15 cents and yeah. so you can only imagine just like yeah just 70 dollars for a monthly rent um just just incredible <laughs> um now uh your dad came in on uh, as the executive chef um so i he so he went to school um where did he go to school like how did he come up with some of these recipes and yeah so um my dad ended up going to high school in McHenry, and i i know this story vividly because he would tell it to me when i was looking at colleges and thinking about school and apparently um at the time my his older sister um, my aunt had ended up leaving the family because she fell in love and she got married when she was a uh, senior in high school and she ended up moving away. And after that, that made my dad the oldest of, of all the kids. And so when my dad graduated high school, you know, he and my grandmother sat him down and basically told him that his responsibility was to helping her with the business was to, you know, instead of going to college, his job was to stay and anchor the business because the business is what was feeding everyone. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I just remember my dad always telling me that how disappointed he was, that he would, he would, didn't have the opportunity to go to college. That he, you know, he really wanted to. And um, it took him a little, a little bit to kind of get, come to terms with it and really accept it. But uh, he, he told me that he started to realize the moments that he had fully embraced the challenge of being in the restaurant industry um, was when he started creating dishes in the kitchen. I think he was looking for an outlet for his creativity. And um, when he started after high school in the seventies, that's when he kind of started to, to look at the operation that we currently had and adapt it and, and kind of like start putting little spins on it. And so it, it's when he started to kind of like play around with deep frying chicken. Like, and that's, uh, for a lot of our customers, Hong Kong chicken is our number one dish. And that's when he created Hong Kong chicken because he was just kind of being creative in the kitchen. And and he didn't go to school. So all of the recipes that he learned was straight from my grandmother, which was from her mother and uh, her experience working in various restaurants before she opened up Plum Garden. And so, you know, talking to my dad, Perry, a lot of his knowledge is just learned um, from my grandmother and then just from him experimenting and kind of talking to other chefs. Uh, I, I know that uh, my dad was a very, very big person on helping out other restaurateurs. So they would, you know, share resources, kind of talk shop. 
And he ended up befriending a lot of other chefs. And I, I would just remember as a kid, they would always be talking shop about what the difference was from a stir fry kitchen to like a French kitchen and how it, how it, the chain different. And, uh, you know, I think that's where, uh, my dad was able to kind of figure things out and tweak things. Um, I'll be honest with you to this day. I, th I still think that um, to me, my dad is my favorite chef because of, and I know that I'm totally biased growing up on that cooking. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I got really into food when I was in high school and, uh, you know, doing all, learning all about like uh, gastronomy and going to these nice restaurants. And there's just something about his style of cooking that I think is um, really, really like comforting. And so, you know, I always, uh, if you ever talk to my dad and he's always um, hanging around the restaurant or trying to be involved in, in something right now, but he, he really does believe Plum Garden is, is, is comfort food. And that's something that he, when he created the dishes, he was looking for, uh, trying to create something that someone could eat every single day. So, yeah, that's kind of like uh, how our menu was created in the 1970s by uh, my dad, Perry. All right. So we talked about your grandmother, talked about your dad. We got to talk about you. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how'd you get into this? <laughs> well, you know, uh, to be honest with you, man, I think I was always a uh, part of it because I, uh, I remember at five, six years old, washing dishes uh, at PG. I think so, there's a law against that. Yeah, you know, I think it was a the way my dad says it, it was a different time back then. Right. But it really was a family business. Like we spent all of our time there, me and my brothers. And um, I worked in the restaurant, like I said, since I was like five. And then just doing all the different jobs, like dishwasher, to busboy, to waiter, to cook to prep person and so just kind of um working my way through all of the restaurant and um i worked through all throughout high school and then when i went away to college um i worked in the summers when i would come home and uh what happened was like i said i i loved being part of the restaurant but i never really saw that as kind of like a career path for me i was i was looking in other directions and while i was in school uh, my dad actually had a heart attack and at that time, he literally did everything. He was the executive chef. He was a general manager. So he handled payroll. He handled, you know, cooking all the dishes, ordering all the food. Uh, he was essentially a one-man show. And so when he ended up having a heart attack and kind of being uh, able, not able to come into the, work, to the restaurant, I remember he called me and he asked for my help and asked um, if I could help out just keep things going until he was feeling better to get back into it. And I said, of course, you know, like, and so I came back and from school, I, I you know, kind of took a semester off and I came back home and I just remember the first day walking in and just looking through all of the different things and responsibilities that my dad had before him and just being like blown away, just like being overwhelmed. And then also kind of blown away by how many different things that he had a responsibility for. And, you know, this is a guy that when I was growing up, um, my dad worked seven days a week, 15 hour days. So he, he was working literally every day. And, and I think that was kind of the mindset that my grandmother had ingrained in everyone was just to work and keep working and, you know, keep trying to do better. And so he really took that to heart. And, um, you know, he's still very active today, but um, when he wasn't able to do all of that and he asked for my help I think it, it, it was 
that's basically how I got started to kind of um, filling in as executive chef, becoming general manager at the same time, and then trying to figure out how it all kind of worked. Because like I said, I had worked there throughout high school, but I never really had done the higher level functions of doing payroll or, you know, doing the book, keeping the books. And so it was a, a very uh, kind of jump, just jump right in and sink or swim moment for myself. And so one semester kind of turned into two semesters. And, you know, after about a year, I, I figured I kind of had like a better grasp of things. Um, and, you know, it, it took my dad a little bit to get, to get better from his uh, heart attack. Like he still wasn't able to kind of come back and cook. He just didn't feel like physically able to do that. And so, um, you know, like I, I kind of filled in for about a year and a half um, when I kind of just had an epiphany that I, I was essentially at that time running the restaurant myself, you know, cooking everything, um, hiring people, um, you know, creating guidelines, creating a budget. And it, it, was, it was a really difficult time for us um, just because it was right, it, it was right uh, at a time where financially, I think the restaurant was kind of going through a, a low point. And so there was a lot of like juggling that uh, I had to kind of learn how to do right on the fly. But um, I still remember that, I remember like just thinking about how much I actually liked small business because it, it really gave me a sense of um, pride to, to be able to put in and get out what I put in. So it re I, I could really see the allure of that, uh, especially for a guy like my dad who, who wanted to work and loved working and seeing his vision kind of created with every single day that he worked. So I, I think that's one of my favorite things about small business. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I started. So I ended up, you know, trying to help out for a semester and then kind of just staying and, and then really kind of figuring things out and um, just liking being able to do different things, having the autonomy to create at the same time like create jobs for our community it was it was it was really interesting at first and hard but overall um obviously i'm, I'm enjoying it because i'm still here that's great I, I, the, the story to um have started from your grandmother to you is it's it's a neat story so it's uh thank you for sharing all that with me i appreciate that oh of course you're welcome um all right so let's jump into some other stuff here uh you got the location in McHenry. Yes, that's um, been there the whole time, and more recently, uh, you guys tried to venture out into Crystal Lake. So, tell me about that. Yeah, so you know, um, one of our one of my goals was always to expand Plum Garden because that was one of the things that uh, my dad had never really done. And so, um, you know, once I felt like we had gotten McHenry to the point that it was stable enough. And uh, I knew that I wanted to have the opportunity to, to open up a plum garden um, somewhere, somewhere else, somewhere new. And I think for me, it was kind of like a big goal because uh, I had always felt like, and I still kind of feel to this day that the restaurant, you know, is, is mainly my grandmother's and my dad's. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think for me, opening up a second restaurant was kind of my chance to kind of put my own spin on things. And so, you know, we ended up, finding the location in Crystal Lake. Um, and we thought it could be a good fit. So, you know, we planned for it, we prepped for it. And it was such an interesting experience. I think that um, as long as you are in something 
there's always room to learn more. And I think that when we opened up at Crystal Lake, what we thought was going to happen and what actually happened just were two completely different things. And it really showed me um, just how hard and how challenging the restaurant industry can be even for kind of a seasoned operator. And so with, with opening Crystal Lake, you know, we, we, I'm proud of us for being able to, to work together, to build a team, to try and do something new. Um, but at the same time, you know, there was a lot of challenges that I don't think that I was prepared for, that I don't think that we were prepared for as a business. And I feel like um, it's probably one of the greatest learning experiences of my life in terms of not just my career, but as a person. Uh, that was the same year, because we actually own, opened up in 2018 in mm -hmm. Christmas. And that was the same year that my son was born. So it was, it was, a, it was a big year for me. And I think that balancing home life, balancing career, and then also starting something new, it, it's, it's a challenging feat. And I feel like looking back on it now, I'm, I'm glad it happened because I learned a lot. But at the time, I do remember, yeah, it was just very challenging. You know, we made certain decisions that we thought was going to go over well, but um, it didn't end up going working like that. So, um, like I said, overall, though, proud of us for, for taking this step forward. And I firmly believe that it is because of our um, experience in Crystal Lake that really prepared me for what's going on right now in 2020 with, with the year we've really had. Um, yeah, and before we get into that, what would you say you learned from that experience? Uh, from Crystal Lake? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've learned that it, it's a much better idea to, to start small uh, and then work your way up. And I think that's something that, you know, we went really big, really fast because we thought that we could handle it. I thought we could handle it. But I think that anytime you start a new business, it's a good idea to start small and just kind of see what develops and, and grow it from there. Because that's kind of, that is exactly how our location in McHenry started. We, we started small and we grew it. And I think that um, that was one of the biggest things I learned. And at the same time, what I learned, it, a second thing that I learned that I still continue to think about today is that, you know, like it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to fail because a lot of times your failures really do become your biggest teaching moments of your life. You know, understanding what, what you did wrong or, you know, what you could have done better um, and really dissecting and looking at what happened, I think really kind of teaches you more about yourself than anything else. So I, I really learned a lot about myself in 2018. I learned a lot about Plum Garden as a business. And I think that's really, really, uh, we've really benefited from that uh, in 2020 as well. I remember uh, seeing on Facebook that after the Chris Lake location was cl had closed that uh, you had kind of said, you know, kind of, I, I don't remember the exact way it went about, but you had posted something to the Chris Lake community saying, Hey, thanks for this. Uh, thanks for the feedback and everything. Um, and I, I give you a lot of respect for that. And I think the community did the same thing to say, Hey, you know, we're owning what we did and what we can do better in the future. Um, and that you reached out to everybody. So a lot of respect to you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, um, something that, you know, it, it's just so valuable in, in any business, especially a small business, like understanding who your customers are and, and what their expectations are 
it's just such a valuable thing. And then in the restaurant industry, it we're a service industry. So, you know, people spend their hard earned money at, at restaurants and they want to be, you know, kind of taken care of. They want to be able to relax after a hard day. And so it's, it's like one step further, just being able to anticipate needs and being able to fulfill uh, those needs and being able to do it at a high level is so crucial. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the things that I learned from watching my grandmother work and kind of like talking to her uh, when I was younger is, you know, she always preached community, always knowing who your customers were, understanding, you know, how you could do better to help your community. And that was something that she was super passionate about. And that's something that she kind of instilled in all of us. And so even though it didn't go the way that we, I wanted or that we wanted, I still think, still like thank everyone for kind of communicating what their expectations were, what their experiences were. Cause it wasn't all bad. Some people really enjoyed their experience, but at the same time, I think just everyone communicating to us, it was so valuable. It was such a great learning experience and I, I will never forget it because there was a lot of moments there that I, I just had not anticipated. And it was like a real kind of Eureka moment, but in the sense that you were just like, wow, that that's just such an interesting experience could have never planned for it, but I'm glad it happened because it really taught me something that I didn't know before. Great. Do you, um, considering what had happened, do you still have plans in the future? Obviously probably not a great time right now, um, <laughs> but to expand in the future, is that still Absolutely. the goal? Yeah, that is still the goal. I think that um, what we learned in 2018 was that we used the wrong vehicle. And I think that uh, our plans are gonna be to expand in a different way. And I think that especially with what's going on right now, I see takeout and delivery kind of being a, a great way to expand, um, starting small and, and kind of growing it from there. So that's definitely still in the works for us. And, you know, we talk about it on a weekly basis um, because I think that we have learned a lot from our experiences in 2020 that could potentially help us uh, in the future. Are you going to come back to Crystal Lake? You know what? Yeah, never say never because, Honestly, uh, I think that we love Crystal Lake and we, you know, every year we're always at the Taste of Crystal Lake for the outdoor festival. We love doing that. And, we, and we've been doing that since the beginning, since it started. And uh, we were so sad this year that, you know, not just that festival, not just Crystal Lake, but all of the festivals everywhere were canceled because every year we were always out and it's so great just to see people in person and, you know, to be able to be out under the sun. So yeah, I would... You know, I would, uh, if the opportunity arose, absolutely. I would love to come back. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get into it. Uh, COVID, um, how has that affected the business? Yeah. So <laughs> COVID in 2020 has been an absolute roller coaster. It has um, been something that is so unprecedented, so challenging. Um, and it, it is, it has affected the business on pretty much every level. So, I, I mean, just, I, I still remember the day in March when the shutdown was announced by uh, Governor Pritzker. And I still remember just myself and, and my staff just looking at each other and kind of just, you know, no one said a word. Everyone kind of just had that, what are we going to do? Look in their face. And, uh, you know, well, we <laughs> decided on the fly 
that we were going to adapt our model. So Plum Garden McHenry has always been dining room, sit down, and then also carry out. And so we already had a carry out business that we, a model that we kind of knew how to follow. And um, when the dining room shut down back in March, we just made a game plan that we were going to try out online ordering. We were going to try going to delivery. And, um, you know, we just kind of pushed the button on that and, and the, tried it out for the next couple of weeks. And I have to tell you, Matt, those next couple of weeks were pretty stressful. It was, uh, it was a, yeah. <laughs> a steep learning curve for sure. But uh, I'm glad that we, we did it because it really pushed us to understand more about our model and our food and our business. And I think that it really helped um, keep us in touch with our customers. So yeah, I mean, 2020 has just been something to really um, appreciate in the sense that it's really pushed us out of our comfort zone. But the biggest thing for us is that it's really brought us closer together with our community and our customers, as well as our, our coworkers. Uh, because we, we've really been having to rely on each other to kind of like get through day by day, week by week, especially back in March, April, when the regulations and the restrictions were changing weekly. We, we you know, we, we just kind of continued to adapt and we basically just pushed through it. Um, and thankfully, we're still here. We're still operating. We've been operating this whole time. And, you know, even though we're at a second shutdown and we're still going to continue to push ourselves to do the best we can. And while at the same time maintaining our safety measures and just being here as a resource for our customers. Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> I, I can't imagine how it, how you guys are able to deal with that and still serve customers um, in a way that you're used to, or, you know, to really give that same type of feel, you know, for your customers. It's, you know, it's definitely challenging. I, I think that was one of the things that, and I, I would say it was, it's more of a 50, 50 kind of proposition. And what I mean by that, it was, it, it's kind of like us meeting our customers halfway because I feel like obviously we had to adapt and change to be able to operate, continue to operate and serve our customers needs. But at the same time, our customers also had to kind of adapt, you know, I, I, and, and change and be able to, be a little more flexible and, and be a little more understanding and, and kind of change the way that they had gotten to know Plum Garden. So I, I really think it's been such an amazing uh, worker relationship where our customers have really met us, met us halfway with um, being able to be flexible and learn, you know, new things about the ordering procedure, uh, which has, which changed weekly in, in March and April for us. You know, one day it was, we would bring your bring it out to your car. The next day it was you come in, or the next day it was this. So I think that um, having our customers meet us halfway, and then still being able to give the Plum Garden experience has definitely been challenging. But uh, you know, it's just one of those things that it took us some time to figure out. But I think that we did, and I think that that's part of the reason why we're still operating right now, um, and why we're so thankful that we've been supported by our customer base and our community. And then also, you know, just been supported by our coworkers and our, our staff as well. All right. So happier topic. Um, Northwest Herald best Chinese restaurant and egg roll for 2014 through 2020. <laughs> so, and I feel like there's probably like b before that too, you know, that you guys could have been doing this since 1965. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 
definitely an honor. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's so cool. I think a lot of people kind of look at, look at that when they see those banners in different businesses. They're like, oh, I'm in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, every, every year, you know, um, since 2014, we have won Best Chinese Restaurant and Best Egg Roll. And every year it is just such an honor and, you know, kind of, a not, I wouldn't say surprise, but um, it's just so rewarding to, to, to hear our customers and the feedback of the community um, that they believe in what we're doing. Because, uh, you know, the egg roll recipe has been the same egg roll recipe since 1970. And we've literally kept the same logistical procedure, which is challenging because the equipment in 1970 was different than the equipment in 2020, but overall uh, it's been really rewarding because we still hand roll our egg rolls every single day. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things that I think that we've been in the community for such a long time that it's almost become kind of like a memory for a lot of people to be able to come and get an egg roll like they used to when they were a kid or mm -hmm. when they would bring their children in and then have the recipe be the same, have that feeling kind of recaptured, I think is, is really what, um, is, is what the award is saying. It's, it's what the community is saying about uh, our egg rolls and our restaurant. So super thankful. And, you know, every, I, I, we just try and do our best every single day and I, you know, good things happen. So, uh, I'm curious, like, what is your favorite dish that you, enjoy eating there is it the hong kong chicken oh yeah for me absolutely you know absolutely it's the hong kong chicken i always play this game and you know i think uh i started doing this back when i was in the dining room when i was younger and you know for a lot of longtime customers i would always ask them like hey do you mind me asking you a question if you could pick your last meal on earth you know not to sound morbid but if you could pick like your last meal on earth what would it be? And when I turned that question around to myself, it would absolutely be Hong Kong chicken. It is just one of those dishes that I love. And I remember going away to college and literally every weekend trying to find a way to drive home just so I could have some Hong Kong chicken and then go back to school because I, I love it that much. So it's definitely my favorite dish, hands down. All right. <laughs> um I noticed that you guys use a lot of local ingredients that you get them from like local farms. Is that correct? Yeah. So we, uh, one of our produce uh, purveyors uh, deals with a lot of local farms like around the Huntley and Hebron areas. And so we're able to source uh, specific ingredients from local farms. And, and we like to do it because I find it really, really cool. Um, it's just one of those things. Uh, and this is actually something that my dad, Perry was doing before it was even kind of like cool or, or, you know, even responsible to do it. I, I remember him back in the seventies, he would uh, co-op with a lot of local farms to try and basically buy locally. And uh, at the time he said it was just because it was better ingredients because you would get it fresher. You, you could actually know where it was coming from. You could see it. And then, um, you know, flash forward to now, we still do that procedure. We still have that outreach that we love. Um, and you know, the, the menu items have gotten a little less, but overall, um, a lot of them have stayed the same and, you know, like our eggs, we, we're, we've been ordering our eggs from the same farm for probably the past 20 plus years. Oh, so wow. that's, that's pretty cool to see. That is cool. That's, that's one of the things I like about 
restaurants when they do locally source their ingredients. I think that's great. Yeah. All right, I have one last question for you. Okay. <laughs> um, what is what is your feeling on Panda Express? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'll be honest with you. I th I think the great thing about Chinese the Chinese cuisine is just all of the different styles there are out there. I mean, you could go to three different Chinese restaurants in three different towns and have three different, completely different experiences. Obviously, every place has their, you know, egg roll. They have their stir fry dish that they're known for. But um, in regards to Panda Express, yeah, I have a lot of respect for the company. I think that what they've been able to accomplish um, is, is pretty, pretty awesome um, with taking their business, which started in San Francisco, and then making it what it is today. Um, a lot of people don't know this, and this is something that's interesting, but the operators of Panda Express were one of the first restaurants to actually use what's known as a point of sale system or a POS system, which tabulates all of you know, your orders so you can better understand your business. So that was kind of cool. I have a lot of respect for them. Um, I think you know, the difference between a Panda Express and a Plum Garden, obviously, is, is one of Panda Express is more fast food to me. You know, it's convenient, uh, it's still tasty, uh, the cost is a lot less, but I think that directly translates into, you know, the style of what they're going for. Whereas uh, compared to a plum garden where the same person has been rolling the egg roll the same way and cooking the egg roll the same way since 1970, um, it's a different experience where we're, we are a local restaurant, we are a family restaurant, and we have continued to keep our recipes consistent uh, since 1970 and 1965, actually, on some recipes since we opened. So I feel like when you compare both models together, they're, it's definitely different, neither good nor bad. But uh, I would say the main difference is just the, the heart and the soul that goes into the Plum Garden style of cooking. And, and you know, not just being a restaurant, but a member of our community, you know, participating in our community every single year donating, um, looking for ways to um, employ anyone and everyone. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that we love is when we see, um, when we hear about how someone comes in as a customer and they used to be a child and their you know, parents have taken their children there and now they're taking their own children to Plum Garden to kind of continue the legacy. And then also seeing some of our employees grow up and have families of their own and their children are now working for us too. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really, there's a lot of deep ties uh, to the McKinnard community. And then just having uh, the difference level of cooking, I think is the main difference <laughs> between us. Well, I, I appreciate the very political answer there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, this is great. This is a great story. Um, I can't wait to share this with everybody. Thank you for having me, Matt. I, I really, you know, I said this before uh, we started recording, but I really think what you're doing right now is super valuable. I think that uh, in this time more than any, small business needs more support now than ever. And the fact that you're taking your time to highlight certain small businesses um, is really, really just heartfelt and it's, it's appreciated. And I, I, I mean, you know, I'll get a couple different requests 
every single day or every single week. And when I saw yours and the way that you, you know, phrased it to ask me to come on the show to talk about Plum Garden and the history and how, it, uh, especially since you're, you're from Crystal Lake and you've been from the community your entire life, I, I thought it was such an amazing concept. So thank you for doing what you're doing. And I really appreciate you taking the time to have, have me on here talking about Plum Garden. Well, thank you again. <laughs> you're welcome, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, have a great night. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. There it is, you guys. Plum Garden with Jason. Episode number three. Uh, I want to just, again, I think I said it already. Thanks to Jason for doing this. Um, you know, there was a point in that interview where Jason thanked me for having him on the podcast and thanks for doing the podcast. And I, I was like, I didn't even know what to say, but, um, all I can say is, you know, you know, go, go out, support the businesses, uh, the locally owned shops. Um, you know, we talked to country donuts and Duke's Ale house and kitchen and plum garden. And we got more to come um in the next couple of weeks but there are so many locally owned businesses in in the area uh you know crystal lake McHenry, Cary, woodstock and uh it's just a rich history of locally owned businesses so if you guys get the chance you know go out there and support them especially with the holidays coming up however you can i know they will appreciate it uh they're working hard for you and trying to uh come up with standards and processes that work in our current environment so uh you know, go out there and do that. I, I, I would appreciate it. They would appreciate it, you know. And again, check out our Facebook page. Give us a like. You guys um, will hear about the episodes as soon as I put them out. That's the quickest way to find out about them. Um, but we are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. Uh, we're getting to more uh, platforms as we can. And if there's not one that I'm on right now that you guys want to hear the podcast on, let me know. Some of them are pretty easy and they don't take a lot of work to get them on their platform. Some a little bit more time consuming, but let me know and I can work on that for you. It's I'll, I'll do it. I have no problems with getting on more platforms. Uh, that being said, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Uh, I really appreciate all the feedback we've gotten so far. Uh, this is a lot of fun to do. Uh, it's, it's entertaining to find out about the history of, you know, the area and not only that, but to, give feedback, excuse me, give feedback from you guys. It's, it's really cool to hear from the community and the area on what you guys want to hear about. Don't forget, you can email me at leftatthelightpod at gmail.com. You can message me on Facebook or even on one of the, po the episode posts. Message me there. I'll find it eventually. Thank you guys again for listening. I look forward to hearing from you some more and getting out there and talking to some of our business owners in the community. Uh, again, left at the light pod at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.